Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Happy New Year. It is the Sports Junkies here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980. Toby Altizer, Denton Day in for the Sports Junkies today to kick off 2024. On the first Misery Monday of the year 2024, it's a Misery Monday presented by Chaniga Mayos. Join the mission at careers.mios.com. Toby Altizer here in our Half Street Studios. Denton, nowhere near our Half Street Studios. Denton, what's going on, dude? Toby, what's up, man? I am uh, very far away from you. Probably the furthest we've ever been away doing a show together. And I, I know the read is Misery Monday, and we love Chinigo Miles. I don't even, I don't feel that bad on a Monday, to be honest. Actually, Sunday was a pretty good day for our team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it could be the furthest from Misery because it's felt like I, I talked about this the last couple of times I've been on here. Then it's like the dichotomy of being a Washington football fan. And that it's crazy that we're going to break down the college football playoff, which is later today. It's crazy that we're just a week away from the playoffs in the NFL being finalized. It's crazy that we're to the final week of the regular season. And yet for Washington, it feels like this season has been done for six weeks. It feels like how do we still have a game left on the schedule to watch? And yet everything yesterday, and we're going to get into some of the draft position and stuff that happened a little later on the show. But everything that happened yesterday, I think, went according to plan, looking for the future of this football team. I mean, it went better to, to, to plan. If you factor into some of the things that happened across the NFL. But, I mean, Toby, it's really crazy when you look back at this team's schedule. You say it feels like the season's been over for weeks. They haven't won a game since November 5th. <laughs> That's like the week after Halloween. Imagine all the things that have changed in life since November 5th. It's really been an embarrassment over the past seven, eight weeks for this franchise. Because if you think about it, outside of the games against Seattle and New York, the other games haven't even really been all that close. Like there was a brief point in the Jets where Jacoby leads them back. There was a brief point in Los Angeles where Jacoby leads them back. But it never really felt like, I mean, maybe for the Jets it did, but it never really felt like they were going to win most of these games. It's just been, you're signing up for torture every single Sunday because you know, hey, I'm supposed to cheer for this team, but they're not going to do any favors for me this weekend. Unless you started betting against them, which I did, which (laughs) that did do some favors. Yeah, and it just felt like yesterday with the game, the Niners came in. I wasn't as impressed, but I don't think they really cared. Like, they knew they were going to win the football game. They march it down, even though they don't score a touchdown on that opening drive. It was like, all right, they put points on the board, it's over. And you know, I guess the team put better put a better effort together than what we've seen the last couple of weeks, so there's some credit to be given there. 
But overall, like yesterday's game, it, it was kind of uninspiring on both sides. But I, I think it's because Washington knows they have nothing to play for. And it was nice to see some of the young guys get out there because I think they brought some energy. But then for the Niners, you can tell what type of team they are. You've seen it week after week. And I thought they might be a little more inspired coming off the loss last week. But they came in here, knew what they had to do. They did it. And it was like they never really had to, you know, like when you're you're playing some people at the park in basketball and they never have to lace up their shoes. It felt like that with the Niners where they never had to really lace up and go at it. Yeah, I mean, we we can sit here and celebrate the uh, the better effort that we saw yesterday. It still results in a seventeen point loss, right? <laughs> yeah, like it never it never felt like this game was going to be all that close. They just the Forty ers were at practice. They were at practice against uh, this defense that Ron Rivera is coaching up. This defense where Ron Rivera said earlier this week, leading up to the game, he hasn't he hasn't watched the Forty ers defense because he's been so consumed with their offense and and how to stop them. And it felt like they were at practice. They're just going to walk up and down the field. They'll do some. They'll do some pop passes. They'll try and get some other names involved. Brandon Ayuk's going to destroy the secondary. It is more of the same from what we've gotten uh, this season for the Commanders. It's never gotten better. There were maybe some things to be excited about, like briefly. Excitement is relative, though, when it comes to, to this team. I just want the season to be over. I, I need a running clock on next week's game because it's going to be more of the same. Dallas now has something to play for. They're going to crush us. And while I while I am very much uh, of the belief, Toby, um, that draft position is the most important thing at this point, so I do not want to win next week, but it is going to hurt my feelings more than likely watching Dallas blow this team out for the second time this season. Yeah, and probably celebrating a division title at your home field. It's not going to feel good by any means, but for those of you that are looking at it and saying, all right, we need to win next week, right? And I, I understand. like It's Dallas. I understand your feeling. I feel the same way about Dallas. So I get all the feelings. But you have to look at it this way. Do you want some happiness for beating them one afternoon and then moving your draft position down and if they want to go get a quarterback, it's going to cost more if they're going to try to trade up or whatever the case may be. Or do you want the possibility of being happy for the next 10 years because you're at right now you're picking second in the NFL draft. That's either Caleb Williams. That's Drake May. You're a college expert. You know all about those guys. And I think you can have a lot to be excited about there. So it's one of those things where, sure, it'd be nice to beat Dallas. It'd be nice to watch Dallas all frustrated and going into the playoffs having lost to their rival at the same point I'd rather have 10 years of feeling like there's a chance that this team competing for something that actually matters yeah yeah I'm certainly I'm certainly with you there and Sam is I like Sam Uh, I, I think Sam's a really good dude I think there are reasons where earlier this season it was right for us to be excited. I, I don't think being excited about someone in, in football is ever a bad thing, especially as a fan. It's kind of what you're supposed to do. Like the pessimistic stuff, the the glass uh, half empty. I know it sounds like that's kind of what I am today, but I'm just ready for this season to be done because I know that the uh, the road to glory, as our buddy Doc Walker says, that starts next that starts next season, really in a couple weeks, uh, not even a couple weeks, really in like eight days. It starts when this whole coaching, this whole entire coaching staff is gutted, and they get to move forward. Here, this season has just been a complete and total dud. It might be, it might be for my money, the worst season of Commanders, Redskins, Washington Football Team that, that I've seen in my in my lifetime. Not the oldest guy in the world, 
But Toby, you and I have seen a lot of seasons. This might be one of the worst ones ever, just based on what the expectations were and how it actually ended up uh, ended up playing out. Yeah, and it's a weird season, right, Denton? Because you know it started off two and zero, and there was hope, and you saw some growth from Sam at points throughout the season. And then when the wheels came off, like everything just halted. And like you said, they haven't won a game since November fifth. And in a lot of those games, it wasn't particularly close, and it was against some teams that you felt like you should beat. I mean, like I've talked about before, we were on the air during that Giants game, the second Giants game against Tommy DeVito. And to me, I felt like going into the season, if there was a team that I would have circled on the schedule, it would have been the New York Giants because of what happened last year. They came out flat. They played poorly. And it just felt like this whole season, once it started going south, it just bottomed out so quick. And so I don't disagree with you. Like, I've seen worse seasons in terms of record. I've seen teams that were, I wouldn't say less competitive because this team hasn't been particularly competitive down the stretch here. But I've seen teams that I would say in general are worse. But I don't know if there's a worse season because it started out hopeful. At points, it felt like it was going places. Then you lose to Chicago. It's just as soon as it started going bad, it went bad real quick. And I don't know if I've seen a season go off the rails quite like this season has for this team. It feels like the entire first half of the season was a complete lie. Yeah. And that that's what a lot of people are holding on to when they say that they want to keep Sam forever and ever and ever. Amen. And he's the the face of this franchise moving forward because as you mentioned, they start 2 and 0. They get blistered by Buffalo. But then they play tight with Philadelphia. So the thinking process was, well, they played really good against Philadelphia. You know, Sam might have something. They get destroyed by Chicago, beat Atlanta. The New York game, the first one, was uh, one of the uglier, low-scoring games that you've seen. And they play Philadelphia close again. You're like, well, maybe it's just something about uh, Philadelphia. Like, Sam plays really well against them. And, you know, Philadelphia at that time was really, really good. Well, hindsight is obviously, as you know, 2020. Uh, Philadelphia, not very good now. So it feels like that first half of all the things we were clinging on to about Sam and having hope for him, we have now seen that a lot of those were fool's gold because he was playing good against teams that he should have been playing really, really good against. Philadelphia can't stop anybody in the past defense. So I look at those games where he had like, yeah, I'm glad that he played well against them, but the lenses are, are very different now than what they were when those games were happening in real time. And speaking of Philadelphia, I was just watching a video. I don't know if you've seen it, Den. I, I don't know exactly who it was from, but some dude in Philadelphia was saying they should fire Sirianni because of his play calling at the end of that game. So it's always nice, if nothing else, when the Philadelphia fans are frustrated too. Like, obviously, we're <laughs> frustrated, but seeing Philly fans and what happened yesterday in Philly is spectacular. It makes me feel a little bit better. I wish Dallas would have lost against Detroit, and, you know, the refs would just make the right call. We can get into that later. But at least seeing Philadelphia lose made me feel a little bit better about yesterday's result, too. Oh, God, it was so great. I love there – there was a hero shot at the end of that game, or I guess a um, an infamy shot. After the Cardinals won, it was just A.J. Brown sitting there with his helmet off, like, how is this happening? What did, what did, what did we do to deserve to deserve this? Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. That fan base has be, grown very, very pretentious. I mean, they've been very, very pretentious. It's hard to root for them. I think certain sports in Philadelphia, uh, I think, are, are cool, right? Like, I don't hate the Philadelphia 76ers, and that's partly oh, because 
the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers is is the owner here. Like our team in, in the NBA doesn't have rivals because our team in the NBA is <laughs> god awful. And it's been god awful. The only rivalry that they've been clinging on to is a rival with LeBron James, but when you look at Le- LeBron James rivalry uh, tiers, the Wizards have been like tier four for this dude. Isn't, like there's no rivalries in basketball for the Wizards. So I don't mind the Philadelphia 76ers, but man, watching the Eagles fans with all the expectations and all the arrogance they had entering this season, watching them lose to the Cardinals. Like it's not like they lost, like when they lost the 49ers, yeah, 49ers, really, really good team. That was supposed to happen. But losing to the Cardinals, they don't even know if Kyler Murray's going to be there next year. That was your that coach that coach was on your staff last year, and he gave one of the worst, most least motivational speeches that went viral early this season, and y'all lost to them. Oh, it was beautiful. I was enjoying a nice uh, a nice dinner out here in Arizona watching that game, Toby. Oh, it made my dinner so much better. So, so much better. See, I was in the airport, so I'm flipping around trying to find what's going on. I was in the airport flying back out here, and yeah, I'm just like all right, Washington's done. Let's find this game. And it just played out beautifully. And here's the thing. Obviously, it's nice to see Philly play bad, and you always want to see your division foe do horribly, and it's fun to make a joke about them. But it actually helped out the commanders because of that win. And you look at strength of schedule, and we can dive into all that a little bit later in terms of how that draft position is determined. But right now, as things stand, the commanders hold the second overall pick. And we've had this discussion plenty of times of what should they do in the draft, right? Looking ahead, because like we talked about, this season is basically done. It's been done for weeks. But I think when you look ahead to the future, and especially this offseason, there's some excitement. You bring in a new decision maker. You bring in a new coach, maybe even a new quarterback. I think there's excitement about next season. But if you're picking fourth or fifth and Caleb Williams and Drake may go off the board one and two, then uh, who's the quarterback going to be? Are you going to take Daniels? Are you going to trade up? You know, there's a lot of consternation there. If you're picking second overall, it solves a lot of issues. And so the fact that they're sitting right now in that second overall pick, sitting there with that, it's a huge development for the future of this team. Yeah, and a quarterback is the answer, by the way, for those that are still not coming around to the reality. You draft a quarterback. You keep swinging for a quarterback until you get a quarterback. There is legitimately no good reason why you sit and suffer because you think Sam Howell is going. Like, Sam Howell has had a an okay year given where he came from, right? But the last, if you are watching the last couple games and blaming everybody else, you're part of the problem in this situation, right? Like, there's only so much that I could have taken where I thought, oh, Sam Howell is still, he is in fact still him. Right, yeah, Sam Howell's still the guy moving forward. If you still think that Sam Howell's a guy moving forward after watching the loss to Dallas, to Miami, to his play against Los Angeles, New York, and then yesterday, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. You, you got to watch some of this college film. Like, I'd be dying to know, Toby, if you're still a, uh, if there are some howlers out there, howlers anonymous, if they're still out there and kicking, I'd love to know what keeps you uh, wanting him to be quarterback next season. Like, I'm, I'm begging, tweet me. At the Denton Day, call us 800 636 1067. We got to get to the bottom of this if there are people that think that this team with a second overall pick should not draft a quarterback. Yeah, 100%. And I, I was a big fan of Sam Howell coming into the season. I'm still a big fan of Sam Howell. I think that he can still be a decent quarterback in this league. You know, 
you hear the comparisons to Baker Mayfield. Obviously, Baker is a number one overall pick, but I think very similar players. And I think you could see a similar type career in that down the road, you could see him maybe getting a spot somewhere. I could see him being a... Linnell brought it up when I talked to him the last time I had him on. Like a 16 to 20th ranked quarterback, you know, down the line when he matures a little. I could see that for Sam Howell. That would be a huge win. He's like 32 right now. Oh, my God. Probably lower than that, honestly. But if he got, you know, improved, you see little flashes here and there. The issue is you can't keep holding out hope on those sorts of things. And the idea that you need to build the team up, people love to bring up, well, Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick. You know, Tom Brady's a sixth-round pick. Even Russell Wilson is a third-round pick. And that's great and all. And they love to say you got to get your linemen. But look at the linemen that made up the Hogs. How many of those dudes were first-round picks? It's way easier to find your quarterback early on in the draft. And so the fact that they find themselves sitting number two overall when there's two clear-cut guys that are above the rest, it just puts you in a much better position. And so, you know, next week... You got the Cowboys. I think we all understand, especially with the division title on the line, that game's going to be a rout. Dallas is going to win. If you really want to have that second overall pick and not have to sweat it out, you know, you can have that all wrapped up by the end of the 1 o'clock games because the Patriots take on the Jets next week. You got to be cheering on the Patriots beating those Jets. And I think it's a real possibility. Maybe Bill Belichick on one last adios, one last go-round at Foxborough can find a way to win that one. That would be a perfect send-off, right? Hey, you guys are kicking me out. Let me just screw your future up just a little bit. Not a ton, just a, just a little bit. And potentially, I don't, I don't know, maybe help the place he's coming to. I'm not saying I want Bill Belichick. In fact, I don't. But I know there's a segment of this fan base that does. Yeah, 100%. Let's take a look at yesterday's game. 49ers, 27-10. to 10, 49ers winning the game. Just real quickly, we're going to dive a little bit deeper. What's your overarching takeaway from yesterday? Anything that stands out to you, or is it just another one of those last end of the season, doesn't matter type of games? I miss Kyle Shanahan. I mean, that's <laughs> that stands out to me. That's been standing out to me for like 10 years. Maybe not 10 years, but probably like six. You know, I know he gets a lot of flack for the 28-3, to but he also turned Matt Ryan into an MVP of the NFL. So, yeah, I miss Kyle Shanahan. But outside of that, this was just a please-get-it-over-with kind of game, and let's move forward. I was I was optimistic at points to see if maybe Sam Howell was going to have a super bounce back, but Sam Howell had the Sam Howell experience. He played one really good half, and, and then the second half was kind of a disaster. Yeah, and to me, I know we don't want to just find moral victories, Because really, when you're getting blown out and the Niners, like I said, didn't feel like they ever had to lace up and play. Moral victories is January 8th. That's my moral victory. (laughs) It felt like they had a better effort. And I think partially because you infused some youth out there. We can dive a little bit deeper into this in the next segment, Denton. But it felt like the defense played better when the backups were in. Like what? What does Which that is say a about huge defense? issue. Absolutely. That's a huge issue. I mean, I, I, I would love to think that there were certain guys that really stood out and that Ron Rivera is traveling back to Ashburn thinking to himself, damn, I didn't know such and such was, was this good. Because I did notice that, Toby. I was like, why are some of these guys, like some of these dudes are flying to the ball. Do they know they're playing a team in the 49ers that's supposed to destroy them right now? Like, why did it take until week 17 to December 31st for certain guys to start making plays 
on defense. I thought we had a defensive-minded head coach. It was some of that is infuriating when you put all the pieces to this puzzle together. Yeah, overall, like there's really not tons of positives to take out of yesterday, but I did like the fact that you had young guys step into the lineup. It felt like it mattered to them because really it does, right? I mean, when you when you're a 6th to 7th round rookie or a 5th round guy that isn't guaranteed a roster spot, it does matter for you because you need to go put film out there. So I think influxing some of this youth into the lineup has helped because the last couple of weeks, I've been very disappointed in the effort. I understand the season's over. We can say the season's over, Denton. We're here on the airwaves. We're not affecting the team. The guys that are putting on the uniform, you got to go out there and play when you're on the field. And it doesn't feel like that level was there the last couple of weeks. At times it was there. At times it wasn't. It felt like yesterday, though, at least with the guys that were out there, they wanted to be there I guess if that's what you want to give them credit for, fine. There, there's not a whole lot to take positive, though. We'll dive a little bit deeper into it. What did you take away from the game yesterday, the 27-10 to 10 loss to the 49ers? 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Here on a Misery Monday presented by Chaniga Mayos. Join the mission at careers.mios.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Sports Junkies on a Misery Monday to kick off 2024. It's a Misery Monday presented by Chiniga Mayos. Join the mission at careers.mios.com. I'm Toby Altizer, Denton Day alongside, talking about the Commander's 27-10 loss to the 49ers yesterday. Let's dive a little bit deeper into this now, Denton. Overarching theme again, like we said, the season can't end soon enough, but were there any other takeaways you got from yesterday? Sam Howell struggled. What were your takeaways? Well, it was nice to see him throw the ball to Terry McLaurin in the first half. I mean, that took a couple of weeks to finally get ironed out and down pat, but good things happen when you get number 17 at the ball. I guess that was the biggest positive overarching theme because, Toby, as I'm sure you know, a couple of weeks ago, when things weren't going right for the offense, 
there were some people that were blaming Terry McLaurin. They said, well, maybe Terry's not that good. Maybe it's time that Terry McLaurin finds a new destination, and I hope all those people stub their toe this morning. Terry McLaurin is the best player on this football team, and when you get him involved in your offense, the best things happen. It was no coincidence when Jacoby Brissett comes in against Los Angeles that the first thing he does is start throwing to 17. So it was nice that if nothing else from these dual benchings that Sam Howe has learned to throw the ball to number 17. That was the biggest positive overarching takeaway from the offense and that Brian Robinson really really good don't know why he was playing but really really good yeah Terry now sits at 946 yards on the season so hopefully 54 yards or more against Dallas next week to get to a thousand yards again but that's actually one of the things that I marked down about the game yesterday Denton I I liked EB's game plan a lot better than what I have the last couple of weeks but I heard this from someone, I don't remember where, I think I saw it on Twitter, but I think it's a really good point. You know how you get sometimes the coaches that are so sold on their scheme, on what they can do, that they don't necessarily prioritize the players? I'm not necessarily saying that EB has done that here, but you notice that when they get the ball to Brian Robinson and Terry McLaurin more, the offense goes better. It's not really that difficult. Every time I think about that sort of extreme, I think back to when Chip Kelly took over the Eagles and he thought that his system was fine even if he got rid of Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy and he could do it with subpar NFL talent because his system was that good. And I'm not saying that's EB here, but for whatever reason, their focus has not been on their guys. It's been more on whatever they're trying to do. And I think when you get to the NFL level, it's about the players on your team and you got to build it around them, and when you have Terry McLaurin on offense, it's unacceptable, the fact that he hasn't reached a 1,000 yards already, because that means you haven't gone to him enough. I don't know if it's an EB thing or a Sam Howell thing. I, like, I have no idea who deserves the proper blame in that, because when Jacoby came in, he he went right to Terry McLaurin, and it's not like, I don't think that when Jacoby Brissett came in, EB all of a sudden started calling plays for Terry McLaurin. I think that was always the case, and Sam either wasn't seeing it, wasn't getting the ball out in time. So I don't necessarily blame Biennemi for the lack of McLaurin production during that weird stretch of the season, the stretch where Terry McLaurin said he was just running cardio, which Terry McLaurin talking out about the team never happened. So when he said, oh, yeah, I was just running some cardio today, I was floored by that. I'm not blaming Biennemi necessarily for that. I think that's more of a Sam thing. But I think that Sam deciding to go to Terry McLaurin early, that was a decision that when it was decided he was going to be the starting quarterback this week, that they went to him and said, look, you got to throw the ball to 17. If nothing else, like we are okay if you fail throwing to 17. It's a little bit of a different story. And this isn't meant to be a knock, but it's a little bit of a different story if you're going to fail throwing to like a Logan Thomas or a Curtis Samuel. Throw to 17. If it doesn't work, hey, at least we tried our best to get the ball in the hand of the best player. And the only reason I would blame EB on this is one of the ways they got him involved on that drive, little pop pass. Comes on reverse. They get him involved that way. There's games where Terry didn't have a catch. You couldn't do that, at least. You know, just find ways to get him involved. Even if Sam is the main issue, screenplay out to Terry on the side. Or, like, a little pop pass, a little reverse. Just find a way to get the ball in the hands of the guys. 
But I think overall, I liked EB's game plan a little bit more. I think that he's gotten a little too pass happy this season overall. And seeing them, a lot of it, yeah, a lot 100%. of it too pass happy. But but seeing them get the run game going and seeing Brian Robinson run the football, it seems like they should have been doing that a whole lot more all season long. Yeah, they can run. We were told they can't run, and then they run in the first half, and then in the second half they decide to stop running. That's been the big issue with his, it would at least for me when it comes to Eric Bieniemy's play calling. Now this game is different because this game was meaningless, and it, like you did not really want to win. But earlier in the season, when you were still in contention, when it was early enough to where the season was completely lost. Brian Robinson is a good running back, and you have a decent enough offensive line to pick up yards running the football, and yet they consciously made the decision to drop Sam back on a consistent basis. And I'm not talking like your quick passes. They were dropping him back when he could not protect himself and was just giving away sacks. One of the things, Toby, that I was excited about when I heard that Jacoby Brissett was going to, to start, obviously it didn't happen. But one of the things I was excited about is that I think a lot of people would have been forced to see that maybe, just maybe, the offensive line doesn't suck the way that people thought it did when Sam was taking 86,000 sacks a game. That was more a Sam thing. I wanted to see what the O-line was going to look like when Jacoby was back there because he's a little bit more seasoned and he gets the ball out quicker. Obviously, that didn't happen. And to the offensive line and to Sam's credit, only one sack yesterday against a really good defensive front. So that, that is progress, both for Sam and the offensive line. But the offensive line is not nearly as bad as fans have been making it out to be this season. And it's fear infuriated me that they have not run the football. Yeah, I, I don't get why they haven't. And one thing that we haven't talked about lately that I, I think needs to be brought up again, Brian Robinson is healthy. Obviously, last season we didn't see a healthy Brian Robinson. But you're seeing that now. He dinged up from various things throughout the season. But this is a totally different back than we saw last year. And so coming into this year, Brian Robinson being that lead back, I was a little skeptical. We hadn't seen that burst, that ability to get to the second level. And he's not a home run hitter by any means. He's still not breaking off huge runs. But he's making stuff out of nothing. He's getting those extra yards, things that we didn't see last year, we're starting to see this year, and we've seen especially yesterday, I thought he was fantastic. I I'm pretty happy that this guy is going to be around next year, depending upon what happens with the new GM and whatnot, but he can at least be an effective power back, if not still be the starting running back next season for this team. Yeah, he's absolutely a, a keeper, as they say. He is really, really good. He has been one of, if not the best offensive players this season. I mean, if you're going to make a list of best offensive players, it's Terry McLaurin, it's Brian Robinson, and believe it or not, it's been Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Those have been the three best players on offense for this team this year, and maybe Sam Cosme, if you want to throw an offensive line in there just to get them some representation. But Brian Robinson has been a very big bright spot in what has otherwise been a very dull season. Any other takeaways on offense? I do want to talk about the defense. I mean, I, I thought th this was the Sam Howell experience. Like, if we're going to grade Sam Howell here, Toby, I, I would look at this grade and, like, I, I, I can't in good faith say that that he absolutely stole it, right? So, I mean, we'll save our grades um, for, for the 7 a.m. hour. But this was this was about Sam Howell, and, and we got what I had expected when I heard the news that Sam Howell was going to start. It just... There were things to be happy about, and there were some things to not be happy about. It felt like in the first half with Sam, you saw that that stress that he had had 
of being the starter and then being benched and essentially serving the whole week as the backup, you saw some of that stress almost taken off, but he played very conservatively, but it felt like he wasn't frantic back there, and then all of a sudden in the second half it came back. So we'll get into Sam Howell a little bit deeper at 7 o'clock. Like you said, we'll give our Howell eval. But I want to talk about the defensive side. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. It felt like the defense played better yesterday, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this, Denton. Obviously, they're playing a lot more young guys. And so defense, a lot of it is about effort, right? If you get guys that are kind of hot-dogging it out there, it's probably going to show up a little bit more on the defense than the offensive side. And so having a lot of the young guys out there that are going to give 100% effort, I do think made a bit of a difference. But there were no big coverage busts that we are so used to seeing for this team. And if there were a team that you thought you'd see it against, it'd be a team like the Niners that runs some stuff that can be a little bit tricky for offenses. But it seemed like the guys passed everything off well and played fairly well in coverage overall. Not like they played great, but better than what we're used to seeing. And so, to me, it makes me think they simplified things. They made it a little bit easier on the players to go out there and just do their job. Well, why weren't you doing that all along, right? I mean, when Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice and all those guys are out there and they're giving up Cooper Cup touchdowns where no one's within 20 yards of him, why... Why aren't you just playing simpler then? It's, how complex was the defense with Del Rio and before Rivera took over that guys were consistently so far out of position that you had to look for them on tape because you had no idea where they are? Why weren't you just simplifying things then? Like, what in the world is it that you put the backups in, backups in yesterday and all of a sudden you start playing not great defense but competent defense? Yeah, it's funny. The most complex elements of Jack Del Rio's defense was the communication on the back half rather than like the blitz packaging, right? Like a (laughs) complex blitz packaging is the way that you build a good defense. It was a very nice luxury to not at any point yesterday. I mean, they did have some big plays. San Francisco did. The the big IU catch was one of them. That's going to happen in football, but it was very nice to be watching the game and not have to hear Purdy drops back. Oh my God, Ayuk is wide open. Like it was nice to not have that, right? The way that, that you meant, you mentioned the Cooper Cup thing. It was one, two, oh my God, he's 20 yards away from the next closest defender. How does that even, how does that even happen? So maybe it's positive that didn't happen yesterday. You know, moral <laughs> victory. But Start the new year, right? Again, I don't know that we need to spend hours indicting Ron Rivera and this coaching staff because, like you've talked about, I can if you want to. <laughs> we got I mean, what? I got, what I got time. We got we got a week, January eighth, until there's going to be looking for they're going to be looking for a new coaching staff. Let's just put it put it that way. But I mean, how complex was everything that guys couldn't understand simple things and. You know, there's a play by Sip Holmes yesterday where he breaks on an outbreaking route and breaks it up. Even, you know, Emmanuel Forbes, you mentioned the Ayuk play. I thought Forbes was right there. That's a perfect throw by Purdy. Sometimes you're going to get beat by those things. Would you like to see him have better ball skills? Sure. All all those things. But, you know, sometimes elite players are going to make elite plays, and there's really not much you can do about it. At least he's right there step for step, and it's not a blown coverage. It's just, it baffles me that they put in guys like Christian Holmes. They put in guys like, uh, who was this rookie dude that they had out there that they were talking about, number 37? I I don't know his name. What was it, Whiteside or something like that that was out there as a rookie? That's awesome. How in the world is, you have to resort to the seventh and eighth corners to finally 
not blow coverages? I, I just, again, that's an indictment on how foolish and poor this coaching staff was that when you had the more talented players out there, they couldn't play quick and free because they were so confused about what was going on. And then when they felt like they were doing the right thing, they probably weren't. And you have Cooper Cup 30 yards wide open. Like, it's just terrible that it took this to show that, well, maybe the players aren't as horrible. Maybe it's just coaching is that bad. It's, it's just coaching. It's been coaching from the jump. It's just coaching. This team was talented. They were utilized poorly, and we suffered for it. I do want to get on Ron Rivera about something. We'll do that next here on a Misery Monday presented by Chaniga Myos. Join the mission at careers.mios.com or the junkies next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's a misery Monday here on The Fan, Team 980, Odyssey app. Misery Monday presented by Chaniga Mayos. Join the mission at careers.mios.com. Toby Altizer, Denton Day in for the sports junkies. On January 1st of 2024, Happy New Year to you. If you're listening out there, appreciate you hanging out with us early this morning. So this is not shocking at all, Denton, but I think we saw once again yesterday that Ron Rivera has no idea about clock management. What? (laughs) No way. Ron, are you serious? No way. So I was floored by this. Just another... Just another sign that the times are just about done, and I couldn't be more thankful. Ron Rivera, at the end of the first half, while the Niners are driving, they're about to score, you have a chance to take some timeouts to get the ball back with, you know, at least a minute or something where you could give Sam Howell a chance, right? And he decides to not take the timeouts. And if he wanted to go and say, you know, I don't want to put my young quarterback who we just benched this week in a spot where he's only got 45 seconds with no timeouts and I'm asking him to throw the ball down the field, possibly putting it in harm's way. I don't want him to throw a pick there. If he came out and said something like that, I could hear that explanation. But then I that could not. That's a terrible explanation terrible. for Ron. No, I agree. It's terrible. But then at the end of the game, you're down by 17. The game is over. It's been over for a while. 
under two minutes, you start calling your timeouts in the second half there. Like, what in the world was Ron Rivera doing yesterday with his clock management? He's just having some fun. He's just messing around and and, and having having a little bit of fun. Some funsies out there. The guy doesn't understand clock management, and he never has. Like, that's been a constant in his time here at, at D.C. He has analytic guys. He's told us. He has analytic guys. He listens to the, the analytics, analytics when it's time to go for two, when it's time to go for it on four down. It's what the analytics says. It's what the math says. But there's nobody on that staff that can be like, hey, coach, you should probably call time out here. Hey, coach, we should probably work this clock a little bit better. And the scenario that you draw up, right, where, oh, we got 45 seconds. I don't want to put my quarterback in harm's way. Like, that would be a laughable situation, Toby, if that wasn't something that's happened this season. Maybe not that exact you know, uh, spot for spot, but something like that has happened this season already. 45 seconds is a monstrous amount of time in the NFL. I mean, we see it. If you're a truly great quarterback, you can march your team right down the field in 45 seconds. And if you want Sam Howell to be the face of the franchise, to quote Ron Rivera, we've got ourselves a quarterback, you put him in those situations. That's literally why you're playing him. You're playing him to get a read on what this guy is going to be like moving forward. If that wasn't important to you, you would have played Jake Fromm yesterday. If that's all it was, right? You would have played. Like, I know Jacoby Brissett had a hamstring injury, but he was also the emergency available quarterback. So, like, how bad is his hamstring if he can actually go out there and play if it's absolutely necessary, right? So, you've got to put your quarterback in tough, slightly uncomfortable situations that are going to lead to growth. And that was an opportunity for Ron to do that. And he swung and he missed. I don't even know if he swung. He just, it was a, a called third strike where he didn't even swing. I just can't wait till there's a coach in town that understands how to manage the clock and understands how to be aggressive in modern football. And I'm not even talking about with the analytics and the fourth down stuff. I'm just talking about understanding how to manage a clock at the end of a half to make sure they have the best chance to go score. I'm watching the Kansas City and Cincinnati game yesterday, and there's a timeout left, uh, I think, for Cincinnati. There's timeouts left for Kansas City. It's like a third and two with like 25 seconds left in the second quarter. And they're talking, oh, I don't know, Jim. He might call a timeout here, depending upon what happens, to get the ball back. And it's both of them. Cincinnati, it's Kansas City. Obviously, Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes, so they can play aggressive, right? They got Patrick Mahomes. Cincinnati's playing aggressive with Jake Browning. Jake Browning. Like, I like the fact that you can have a coach that says, I have this guy. I picked this guy to be on my team. I'm going to trust him. And so, you know, if Ron came out and said, basically, I don't want to put him in a bad spot, again, terrible, a horrible choice, but I could at least hear that. The fact that he just basically is like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not trying to score any points here because it doesn't matter. And then, by the way, at the end of the game, he's like, let me call the timeouts. And then EB's like, hey, don't do that. I'm just going like, to run hey, the ball stop anyways. Stop doing that. Yeah, we, we don't need to call timeouts here. I just need – it doesn't even have to be a head coach that understands this, Toby. Just get a coach. Literally <laughs> just hire somebody yep. that understands that. I mean, God almighty, Ron Rivera delegates literally everything under the sun as part of this CEO head coaching role except somebody that can handle clock management. And the beauty, He is just responsible for that. The beauty of this, Denton, when it comes to clock management, there are thousands – uh, no, there's not thousands of people qualified to be NFL head coaches. There are thousands of people qualified to understand clock management. Because I don't know about you, Denton. I've gone through those situations thousands of times playing Madden. 
Like, <laughs> I've done that thousands of times, and I know how to manage the timeouts because I've done that four and five times in a in a day before, right? Like, it's not that difficult to understand, especially with people our age, Denton. Like, you could get someone in there that says, like, I'd probably call a timeout here, Ron. You can get yourself a chance to get the ball back. It's not that difficult. Yeah, there are millions of people that understand how clock management works in the NFL. Like, you can't just pick a dude off the street and say, hey, draw up a counterplay. He might be a little confused, but hey, you're a football fan. When should we call our timeouts? Odds are you're gonna get so, you're gonna be able to find somebody with relative ease that can that can help you out in that scenario. Yeah, I mean it's just it's completely unacceptable from a, a guy that has had a lot of poor things. But I mean, just his entire time here, it's been the well. What was it at the beginning of the era? I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but he wouldn't call timeouts at the end of the games. It's just he wouldn't do it at the end of the games. Now he's not doing it at the half. He just he has never understood clock management. And then he's, literally never. And then he's calling timeouts so they can kick a field goal against Buffalo. <laughs> like, it's just stuff like that that doesn't make any sense. It's, he's a, he's a deeply unserious head coach this season. He is just cruising. He says whatever he can to to win the day, and that catches up to you. He does the stuff like you just met. He is a deeply unserious head coach, and we have just been watching it all unfold in front of our eyes this entire year. One more guy I want to talk about here. We're going to get into our Howell eval coming up at 7 o'clock, as well as Ben Standig from The Athletics is going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. But one guy I wanted to bring up here, didn't see him in the stat sheet, once again, Jahan Dotson. It's been such a disappointing year for him. I thought he was going to be a standout second-year guy. And I don't know if it's a sophomore slump hitting him. We talked about it earlier with Terry. I don't know if it's a Sam thing. I don't know if it's an EB thing. I don't know if it's a Dotson thing. But yesterday, zero catches, only one target. It's the third game this year that he's gone without a catch. I mean, this is supposed to be a guy that was your clear number two. And at times we were talking about a 1A, 1B situation with Terry. And Dotson has been non-existent this year. Yeah, it sucked. There, there's not a nice way to put it. it. It sucked. And that, that to me, is something that's a Sam thing. Because Jacoby, when he came in, he threw to Jahan Dotson. It's all about your quarterback making decisions to get your best players the football. I think Curtis Samuels had a really good season. But he got four, he got four targets. Jahan Dotson got one. I mean, John Bates got two targets. Jahan Dotson got one target. That's an unacceptable thing. That, that that's an uh, you have a guy the caliber of Jahan Dotson who is talented. I got a little bit of flack last week, Toby, because I just pointed out that a couple seasons ago when the team drafted Jahan Dotson, they traded back from eleven to draft Jahan Dotson. Yeah. They passed up on Kyle Hamilton in the process, right? Kyle Hamilton it. was balling on um, on uh, the, the the Christmas game against uh, San Francisco. I just pointed that out, and people were very critical. Oh, you're giving up on Jahan? I'm not giving up on Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson can be a really good player, but it's impossible to ignore the fact that this season has not been good. Now, I would blame the quarterback play on that more than I would blame Jahan Dotson, but you cannot tell me right now that Jahan Dotson is a game changer because he literally didn't have a catch yesterday. Yeah, he has not been, and it's been disappointing because you know you bring up Kyle Hamilton. Obviously, that's something that's maybe been brought up more recently, but they also passed on Chris Olave. You know, he gets taken with the pick that they originally had. So, Olave's turned out to be a stud wide receiver. Kyle Hamilton's looking like a stud chess piece for the Ravens defense. 
And yeah, you got Sam Howell back. You got Cole Turner back. You got Brian Robinson and Jahan Dotson. But if you asked either of those teams, would you take all four of these guys for Chris Olave or for Kyle Hamilton? They would say no. So in that case, you lost the trade. And Jahan, right? And you can't. It's impossible to beat your chest about the Cole Turner return when they literally don't use him. It makes no sense to me. That one doesn't make any sense to me either. But with Jahan, I like him. I like his skill set. It just. I don't know what to make of it. It's one of those things that maybe next year you bring in a new play caller, you bring in a new quarterback, and he goes for a 1,000 yards. Who knows? I think the talent is still there. But too often this year, and maybe it is just Sam Howell, too often this year these wide receivers that were supposed to be the strength of this football team, right, they just disappear, and all of a sudden it's Curtis Samuel of all the guys that's that's breaking out and having a great game. I, I don't know. It's just, again, I want this season to be over with because I feel like Jahan is a better player than what we've seen. But how can I say that when I look at yesterday's box score and he's not in there? <laughs> it's just zero right. catches. Just hard to hard to justify that. All right, when we come back on this Misery Monday presented by Chinigo Mayos, join the mission at careers.mios.com. We'll talk about Sam Howell. We'll give him the grades on his Sam Howell eval. Keep it tuned right here to the Junkies, 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, and the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 